0: Welcome to Lawyer Business Advantage. This podcast is dedicated to helping attorneys earn more money, get better clients, and spend more time with family. I'm your host, Alej Yajnik, founder of Law Firm Success Group. Smart business guidance for small law firms begins in 3, 2, 1. And it's my pleasure to bring to Lawyer Business Advantage my friend and our guest for today, the owner of Frontier Bay Insurance, Ryan Cummings. Ryan, how are you? I'm great, Olay. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us today. You're going to be talking about a pretty awesome topic that a lot of small law firms need to know because, quite frankly, they think this issue only impacts large law firms. I don't think they're right. The topic we're talking about today is cybercrime, cyberattacks, ransomware. You know, If you're listening to this as an attorney entrepreneur, you've heard about it. Ryan deals with this stuff all the time. And so Ryan, um, just for our audience, just point out to everyone why as an owner of a small law firm, you should be taking notice of what's going on with this cybercrime.
1: Thanks, Alayla. Okay, there's a couple of reasons. First and foremost, every law firm is based on client confidentiality. And in the event of a cyber attack, obviously that client confidentiality goes right out the door. Uh, I was talking with one of the Wholesalers I deal with for cyber insurance. Seven ransomware attacks in the past two weeks on law firms under three million in sales. Oh my gosh! So yes, yeah, to say it only happens to the big boys um, is just not accurate. It's not true. It's just it's not newsworthy when it happens to one of your clients or my clients. Uh, you know, three million dollars and you know under uh, in sales, it's just not newsworthy. Nobody cares. You know, they want to hear about the meat packaging plant that shut down the food supply or the East coast pipeline that, you know, shut down the whole East coast energy or, you know, Lady Gaga's information got hacked, you know, but when it's just, (laughs) when when it's just one of yours and my, uh, uh, customers or a client's it's uh, it's not newsworthy, but to say it doesn't happen is absolutely false. It's not true.
0: Wow. And, you know, that reminds me, actually, um, uh, this was about uh, about a year ago. Um, one of the small law firms that I know of, not a client, but uh, someone who I know and respect runs a really good law firm, um, his account had been hacked and there was a ransomware attack. Um, and, we, you know, we all got this really strange email from him and he had to, like, publicly retract that and say what happened. And it, it must have been just embarrassing for him. So talk a little bit about, you know, the financial issues aside, because we've all heard of that. Talk about the um, the impact that has on your clients and on your colleagues, just the embarrassment factor of having that happen to you and your firm. I mean, I think you just said it. Uh, firm reputation
1: is, you know, everything. And you know, is, is one of your clients going to want to come to you, refer to you if they look up and, you know, there was a, uh, some type of breach of their client confidential information Um, to say it wouldn't have a financial impact. um, Again, it's just not accurate. It 100% would. Um, And there's just, you know. Not to mention like, you know, as far as like every firm is based off of billable hours, you know, and this isn't, I don't feel like this is fear mongering because it's happening and it has happened and it'll continue to happen. And it's not like a matter of if a cyber event is going to affect you, it's just a matter of when. And so I think firms, whether they're large or small, and actually the small medium sized firms are more at risk than the bigger ones because they don't have the, the ways and means and budgets to put protections in place and so they're actually a, they're actually an easier target the ransom may not be as large but they're actually an easier target
0: yeah that's an excellent point and uh, they're they're much more likely to have outdated uh, software that has security holes. They probably don't have, you know, password managers. And so they're, you know, they're using the same password on several sites and it's probably not a strong password. It's something that, you know, the name of their pet and some numbers attached to it and an exclamation point you know, or something like that. Um, <laughs> I mean, and so, yeah, they, they totally are. Um, but in looking at, you know, the IT stack that's required to really take an organization and make it very resistant to cyber attacks, it's a lot of money. And it's a lot of training and it's a lot of software. And my concern is for small firms. They neither have the time nor do they oftentimes have the finances to put in place all the protections they need to put in place. And so I think, Ryan, this may be where you come in. So tell us a little bit about the cyber insurance space and how it's evolved. Well, it, you know, it used to be, I think the first policy I wrote in cyber was in 2016. Um,
1: and it has evolved a lot, a lot since then. Um, You know, it used to be like two, three questions like, have you had a cyber event? Do you know of anything that happened or could have happened? No. Okay, here, sign here. Here's your cyber policy. But that's changed, particularly uh, with uh, the pandemic. Um, Now all the carriers um, now have a long a I don't want to say a laundry list, but at least 10 to 16 questions of asking, do you have these? Do you have these minimums in place? Because if you don't, we won't even offer a quote to you. It's kind of like asking for building insurance, but not having a lock on the door Um, or not having a burglar alarm, but wanting fire insurance. Um, You know, you just got to have these minimums in place now uh, for your computer network. Like, you know, um, I'll just give you a couple just quick ones like. uh, Do you run like Microsoft 7, Microsoft Windows 7 or uh, Microsoft Windows Server 2008 that are like unsupported systems? Um, You know, do you install like download and install patches within 30 days? That's just a couple questions. But if you can't answer those correctly, they won't even offer cyber to you. But if you can answer those correctly, which most IT people that are familiar with cyber, and most of them have been forced to become familiar with cyber, you'll be able to answer them correctly for the insurance company. And it's not, I mean, obviously, you know, money is money. And so, you know, obviously no firm is going to want to be throwing away money, but it's not like it's, um, they're not outrageous policies. Like I'll give you an example because obviously premium is always
0: important. Actually, Ryan, I want to hold you up right there because you said something that I think um, a lot of our audience members need to know about. You know, as attorney entrepreneurs, they may not have an IT person, or you know, their IT person um, may not be closely engaged with the firm. So, in the event that they don't have an IT person, you know, and they're using a relative or a friend or themselves, you know, as as their IT provider, um, and they're not able to answer some of those questions that you mentioned in the cyber policy what would you suggest that they do
1: well i mean honestly
0: there's uh there's only like 10 to 16 of them and uh yeah so if you can't answer those you probably need to go get an it person that can help you answer those. (laughs) you're you're absolutely
1: right that's that's what i've actually i've had a couple people that have come back and kicked me back the questions and like there's like 16 of them and three of them have come back as no and i'm like I've actually referred IT people to them because I'm like, you got to be able to answer yes to these. Like I said, I made the kind of silly comparison to building insurance. But, you know, if you were looking for like building, commercial building insurance, you got to have a lock on the door. You you can't have like uh, broken windows. You can't, you got to have an alarm. Like, you know, you got to have some of these minimum standards that otherwise insurance companies aren't going to want to insure your building. It's the same thing with cyber now, but a lot of these IT cyber guys are not, um, overly expensive, but, um, and it's not that you can't find co- cyber coverage. If you can't, if you answer no to these, I have like markets that'll do it. It's said that, that the premium then becomes cost prohibitive.
0: Well, it does. And it probably is an indicator that you need to fix your IT stack anyway. <laughs> exactly.
1: Yeah, no, that's, that's the whole thing. If you can't, I just sent somebody, they sent me back the questions and I sent them a quote and I said, I could probably get you a quote for half the premium, but you got to be able to answer these questions. Yes. Versus no. And I said, why don't you talk to this person? It's a cyber person that deals with a, a cyber slash it person. They can get kind of your uh, computer network house in order, and then we can revisit it. So,
0: Yeah. You know, that's one of the questions too that I had. One of the reasons that people may delay in getting cyber insurance is it's like a lot of these things, right? It's super easy to just put it off. Um, And so they're expecting there's going to be some sort of warning. Maybe they're expecting that uh, the trigger for them to get uh, cyber coverage would be to have a, a law firm that they know, you know, get hacked or to get some sort of a, warning message from Microsoft saying, oh my gosh, we have this problem, or to hear about it in the news that small law firms are, are under attack. You know, When a cyber attack happens, um, how does the law firm typically find out? Most incidents
1: happen because of email compromise. And, that, and I think that's why I actually work with quite a few IT people is that they know even if they have all the systems in place, if an employee makes a mistake or Uh, a partner makes a mistake in a firm and they click on something, you just let the bad guys in. And so they're usually in your system um, and you don't even know it. By the time they send you an email saying your system's been compromised, it has been locked, there's a ransomware, Uh, we want X amount of dollars paid in three days. There's nothing you, you... your data is gone. And so, um, you know, there's certain stuff that you can put in place to try to prevent that. But the biggest issue is human error.
0: Yeah, and and these links are getting so well disguised now. Like, they're links that you would normally recognize and they're off by a letter or a symbol or something that you wouldn't even notice. And when you scale that from one person to, you know, 10 all of whom are sending you know 100 to 200 emails a day because that's what we're dealing with these days. Um, the odds of someone clicking on that link that's a very innocent looking link uh, really, really go up. And so to the point where you know you definitely want to take the steps to put IT uh, you know, get your IT up to speed so that you at least are, are secure and safe in that regard. And then look at look at cyber coverage, so you're covered. So Ryan, tell us, if, if that happens, let's say you had cyber coverage and you get a ransomware attack and then you get that message, um, what happens after that? Well, your system will
1: be locked down, uh, like I mentioned. Um, and at that point, um, depending on who your carrier, uh, whoever the cyber carrier is, they're gonna have a claims department for intake of the claim. Um, the company that we use, you actually are reporting to a law firm. So you are in uh, attorney-client privilege from the get-go of the claim. And then depending on, you know, there's a whole bunch of different aspects to the cyber policy. The ransom one for law firm is the most common one. But depending on what what the uh, cyber event is, uh, but if it, let's just stick with ransom for simplicity. Sure. You know, it's going to be routed to the appropriate parties. Um, so there would be like a professional negotiator involved. There would be uh, like forensics involved. You know, there would be a, a aspect of um, dealing with the ransom, and so that that would kind of be how the claim would start. Um, was getting that settled, but um, yeah, it still takes time, even if you have cyber insurance. Um, you know that because the system is locked, and there's no guarantee, even if the ransom is paid, that your system's going to come back 100%. Uh, there's 29% of all small and medium-sized firms. They did not get
0: back 25% of all their data. Wow, so 29% of the firms that paid the ransom still didn't get their data back. They got data, they did not get it all back. Oh, they didn't get it all, okay,
1: I see. Right, right, so, and the biggest thing with law firms versus other industries, in uh, a situation with a company that's like a closet drapery company, and their system was hacked. And so it's just as big a deal for any other industry as is a law firm. Their system was hacked. They didn't have the coverage. And so they just kind of had to start over. Well, what happens with a law firm, even if they said, you know what, we're not paying the ransom, the, the bad guys say, hey, if you don't pay the ransom, we're going to release the information. So with, like I said, the closet drapery company, It's not. No one really cares. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) So, I mean, nothing against closet drapery companies, but no one really cares. But in a law firm, because the law firm is based on client confidentiality, if they were to release that data out into the internet, to the media, it'd be devastating. It'd be devastating to the law firm. So, you're kind of, you know, kind of in that situation where you almost have. It almost has to be paid.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that's why law firms and accounting firms are such common targets. So one of the other questions I get, or not questions, but statements I get from attorneys when we talk about this is they'll say, oh, I use Clio or, you know, and I use QuickBooks online. Everything I have is up in the cloud. I don't actually have much on my system. So I I, I suspect you have a response and a thought based on that. Oh,
1: we hear that a lot. And I think that's one of the big misconceptions is that, you know, when you, you see like these, uh, like OneDrive, Google Drive, Dropbox, those are all cloud storage. Um, And there's a difference between cloud storage and cloud backup Um, on cloud storage like this. uh, And there's a bunch of them out there. You know, if you were to make a change and then you put it in there, then I can see the change Um, and then it's updated. But with cloud backup, it actually makes a copy. So you're minimizing in the event that there was a, a breach or a cyber event, there's a copy of it saved and so you are minimizing it. Um, but again, with even if you do have that uh, cloud backup, again, with law firms, what makes them so different from a lot of other in, uh, industries is that if you said, hey, well, we have a backup. We don't care. We're not paying it. If they release that data,
0: it's so detrimental to the firm. Sure. Sure. And if you are using a cloud-based solution, I expect like Gmail, you know, which operates in the cloud or uh, Clio, which operates in the cloud, or QuickBooks Online, which operates in the cloud, they may not create copies locally in your computer. Um, they may, depending on how they're set up, but even then, you're only one password away from having you know having these people get access to even that information. So it's not really that strong of a deterrent. Exactly, and you got to remember,
1: like they're in your system, so it's not like uh, they got in and then you got a ransomware. They're in there for quite a while. So anything that you anything that you click on. They can see as well, so. All right, that's just um, scary. <laughs> it, it is scary. So you know, and I think one of the other big misconceptions within uh, the the industry is that people think they have coverage within their errors and omissions, their malpractice policy. And I always tell people, if you don't have a standalone cyber policy, you don't have cyber coverage. And there is some overlapping coverage. It's usually a
0: sublimit and it's just not sufficient for what's going on today. So how would they know if they're, if whatever they have in their existing, ENO policy or general liability policy, if that's, yeah, you know, cause it has something in there about cyber coverage, how do they know if that's going to be enough or not. I was, just, honestly, I tell people just as simple as this. If you're not paying a separate
1: premium for your cyber policy, you don't have what you need. Uh, like I said, they'll throw in some stuff. Some carriers will with the ENO, but if you don't have a standalone where you're writing either a, a separate check or signing a separate application, you don't have what, what you should have when it comes to cyber.
0: Got it. Is that something you can help them with if they... Um... Absolutely. Have a policy to take a look at it for them.
1: Absolutely. Sometimes you'll see some overlap with like data breach and it'll be like a sublimit. And that's great. And you have that uh, if you have it, but um, it's, that's just one aspect of the cyber insurance.
0: Got it. And then Ryan, what, uh, what geographies uh, does Frontier Bay insurance operate in? Um,
1: You know, anywhere in California, mostly. Um, I did talk to somebody in Boston, so Texas, I, d- I would say there's not a whole lot of places I can't go to. Um, so I would say anywhere, uh, any state is, uh, not too far. Cause it's not like, uh, with these policies, people want to see me in person. So, um, I'm predominantly in California just cause that's where we're located. Um, sure. uh, but it, there's no, uh, there's no restrictions as far as where I can or cannot go or where I can and cannot quote.
0: Yeah. That's great to hear. So anyone across the country can get in touch with you and you'll help them out. Um, And I know you specialize in working with small law firms, uh, which is really cool. Love to hear about how you ended up focusing on the small law firm space. And I would also like to find out what is, what you find so interesting about um, cyber coverage in particular.
1: Well, I started out in 2004 on the carrier side. And then long story short, I I switched to 2000. In 2009, I switched to become an independent broker. And I think I like dealing with uh, the smaller law firms is because um, it's a little more intimate. And I almost became an attorney or I considered being an attorney. (laughs) Um, I didn't. And so a lot of times when I end up talking to them, even though we're talking about the insurance, a lot of times I'll I'll also start asking them questions and the, I, I love hearing their stories. I love what they do. I think the law is fascinating, and so uh, just hearing their stories and what they do on a daily basis and interpreting the law is—I um, th- I find it fascinating. And that's so that's awesome. why that's why I like working with them.
0: Great. And and what do you find really interesting about um, about cyber coverage and and cyber policies? I, I don't know that. I, I mean, I do find
1: it interesting, and I, it's new. And I just think that it's as much as law firms have, ENO insurance, you know, and I'd say 99, 99% of them have, ENO malpractice insurance. I think the cyber insurance is so important. And I think it's just as important as that, ENO. And so I almost feel like it's a crusade of uh, making sure that these smaller firms understand the exposure by not having it, the exposure to their survival of their firm. And so, um, I I, I, Like I said, I feel like it's almost like a mission to explain it to them so that they understand uh, why they need
0: it and why it's so important. And I wish I could say that, you know, in the coming years, it's going to become less and less necessary because security is going to improve on software and devices. But I think the exact opposite is going to happen as these things become more integrated and the hackers get better. It's going to be easier and easier than ever to do this kind of thing. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I do think with, uh, with, with the pandemic,
1: everybody working from home, I know there was a huge uptick in, uh, in claims for all cyber insurance carriers, but it's not like everybody's going back to the office tomorrow. Right. A lot of people are, are continuing <laughs> to work remote. So to your point, um, you know, it's going to continue. And as the, as the software improves to protect companies, so do the hackers. Just like with any type of crime, um, you know, it's always a cat mouse game, and um, you know, it won't end. So that's why I said, you know, it sounds cliche, but you know, it's not a matter of if, but when it will affect you or your firm. And it sounds so cliche to say, like it's a fear mongering commercial, but um, and I wish it was, but I I think you know, even having like a plan in place, if if something was to happen um, is what I always recommend to people as well, because I think, you know, it's, it is likely to happen at some point.
0: It's scary. We haven't even gotten into mobile devices and, you know, when you're connecting to that hotspot in the airport or, you know, something like that, or you connect to your hotspot at Starbucks or whatever, what, what can happen there? So, um, yeah, I totally agree with you, Ryan. And so what are some of the things that, um, you know, switching over to your business for, for a moment, what are some of the things that excite you about Frontier Bay Insurance over the next year or so? I mean, for me, I think just getting out, it's so nice to, uh,
1: you know, since we're like, I, I wouldn't say we're post-pandemic, but maybe we're towards the, hopefully towards the end when people are uh, people are out and um networking and, uh, I wouldn't say shaking hands yet, but, um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I just think there's there's something to be said for meeting people in person and body language. And, uh, and so much of my business is done with that intimate, um, relationship with people. And so my, my best, how I've grown my business is by other customers referring me to people. And so I'm so excited to be out just talking to people. And uh, like I said, having that intimate in-person interaction
0: with people. Awesome. That's great, Ryan. Um, and so if people want to reach you, understanding that many of my listeners may not be able to meet with you in person, but they will still be able to meet with you and you can take a look at their uh, current cyber policy or their e and policy and see if how well they're protected, uh, what's the best way for them to contact you?
1: Just email uh, is probably the easiest. Um, and my email is Ryan, R-Y-A-N, Ryan at Frontier Bay, B-A-Y-I-N-S dot com. So it's Ryan at Frontier Bay, I-N-S um, So we make the process really easy uh, for law firms. I know it's a uh, you know, filling out applications is not something that anybody wants to do, uh, particularly a smaller law firm. But we do make the process extremely easy, uh, whether it's for you or cyber insurance to get a quote.
0: Awesome. Ryan, thank you so much for sharing with us your expertise here today. Really appreciate it. Uh, thank you for being a guest on Lawyer Business Advantage.
1: Thanks so much, Alay.
0: Really appreciate you letting me uh, come on with you. Everyone, that is Ryan Cummings, owner of Frontier Bay Insurance and cyber uh, cyber crime expert. (laughs) Great to have you with us, Ryan. Thank you. Thank you, Lay. And that's a wrap for this episode of the Lawyer Business Advantage podcast. One thing that would really help both us and other new potential listeners is for you to rate this show and leave a comment in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you tune in to listen. And I want to hear from you. So connect with me on LinkedIn and let me know what you think of this episode. And if you are a solo or an owner of a small law firm, and you're looking to earn more money, attract better clients, or reduce your stress, we would love to talk with you to see how we can help. Request your free law firm assessment by visiting lawfirmsuccessgroup.com. Again, that URL is lawfirmsuccessgroup.com. We look forward to talking with you soon. Thank you for listening. My name is Alej Yajnik. Until next time, remember, you can seize freedom. You can embrace happiness. You can build your perfect practice.